everybody, welcome to Swat and Flies, Telling Lies, and uh, no real general direction today. There was uh, um, just chilling that I talked to my peeps. Uh, I was scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, and uh, shit popped up. It said like the last like twenty song number one songs of the last twenty years, <laughs> and uh, uh, 04 it popped up as Usher's Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, I got that song. I don't really listen to it anymore, but I got it on my list, and then. <laughs> It reminded me that uh, because of <laughs> that song was so popular that they gave him a shitty fucking acting career for that. <laughs> I think it was called like In the Line or fucking something. He was a, a <laughs> he was a DJ in New York at the hottest club, of course, and um, and uh, he was DJing for a mob or some fucking crazy shit and. Uh, Inadvertently took a bullet for the mob boss, and uh, the mob boss guy brought him home and uh, fell in love with the daughter. The, the mob boss disapproved, <laughs> and Usher again saves the person. <laughs> then they get married, and then the mob boss, like, I give you my approval. Anyways, it just reminded me of this bit from Annie Murphy's Delirious. When he talked about how popular Elvis was. When Elvis was young, he was a bad motherfucker, boy. Elvis was bad. He was vicious. Sing his ass off. He sang so good, they let him do movies. He couldn't act. They said, fuck it, let him sing all his dialogue. They did. Everything Elvis said, he said, Elvis, we gotta win this race. We gotta win this race. Elvis, want some lemonade? Lemonade. That poor refreshing drink. Let him sing till it was over, too. Elvis was 42 years old. <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, tale as old as time, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, it's fucking nuts, man. And then in 03, 50 Cent got popular. And then in 2005, he, uh, he put out a movie called Get Rich or Die Trying. And Samuel Jackson turned down a role. Because he thought uh, 50 Cent's acting was pretty terrible. You know, and then you got uh, Ludacris got put in the Fast and Furious franchise. And he's still in that. Which, holy fuck, they're up to 10. They're <laughs> up to 10 of those movies. They're pretty much superheroes. They have limitless amount of money. Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, ja Rule was in that first one and he just he somehow made Ludacris look like fucking Oscar an Oscar actor <laughs> like I think they wanted to give Ja Rule a bigger part but it was just, he just sucked at acting <laughs> you know and then uh, I don't know I guess some some rappers could act, but overall it's just like, yeah. I remember DMX had a bunch of movies. Um, I don't know, I guess I like DMX. 
And then, uh, you know, fucking in 2006, Justin Timberlake's album went pretty big, the one with uh, Sexy Back. And then he got, all of a sudden he was an actor, <laughs> an action star too, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. So, uh, in other news, went to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse Part 2 across the Spider-Verse. Good movie. Well, I'm not going to give any spoilers today. Just good movie. Um, summer is officially here. It uh, It's uh, nuts. I've been out of school for 27 years. Uh, my brother's been out for 30. And so there was, you know, I talked about my job 30 years ago and then being a, just getting out of high school, getting out of freshman year 20 years ago was in a bit of a funk for about a year and a half. Yeah, not really, you know, did odd, you know, barely made it, man. Um, tried doing a couple things, but it just didn't pan out. Uh, got hired to cut the road to catch can. And I got hired at the end of March, and I started in April. Uh, Skip McGilton was my boss, and me and Donnie Taylor were working with him. There was, so we cut the right away, and you know, we had to follow the markers. A pretty fucking hard job, man. And uh, whatever you think we got paid for that job, we did not. <laughs> like that was the physically hardest job I've ever had to do. I had a lot of fun doing it, learned a lot. And there was always the promise you guys are gonna get a pay raise. So every now and then a different council member, oh, we're gonna give you guys a pay raise, you guys, boys. It's like, okay, sure, dude, believe it when you see it. There was uh first week on the job. Just kind of needed a refresher because I had dropped trees a lot in my life up to that point when I was a kid with my dad and Skip. And then just needed a refresher course. And this huge fucking tree. It was a dead tree too. So Skip's like, all right, kid, come on, man. Here's your refresher course. And uh, I remember this part. Yeah, cut, cut a mouth out. Take a look at the tree. See which way it's leaning. And if not, see which way you think it could fall. Cut it. Like, this one might fall a different way. You know, there's a dead tree. It's fucking hollow at the tip. All right. So, I was watching him cut it. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, remember, do this, this, and that. He's like, yep. Get my wedges ready. So, I grabbed his wedges, started fucking just pounding his back cut. And he's like, all right, you just need to, when you hear it crack, you got to get out of the way. And then, like, it just started... And I fucking booked it like I was Billy Mills the last fucking hundred meters of the race. Tree fell and I turned around and uh, I could I could see Skip. He had a big smile on his face, but he was laughing even harder. And he went, what the fuck, kid? Went back over there. He said, 
Okay, I guess it wasn't clear. You either got to step to the left or to the right. That's all you got to do on this. <laughs> and, oh, shit, okay. And so uh, we got back. He told Donnie what happened. They laughed. And, all right, all right, fuck the both of you guys. And then uh, we were on our way. Um, I was, uh, would get my own sections over there. And uh, every day was just learning something new. And, uh, seeing different things, um, I would, uh, I had, I had a CD player still, but after my first paycheck, I came over here by my mom and was looking around and I bought a, uh, MP3 slash CD player. So I was able, I think I was able to hold... Shit, I don't know if it was 120 songs or if it was, I think it was like three hours of music, something, something like that, I think. So I used to go to Ira's and re record work music and, uh, because, you know, you needed ear protection. So I had these headphones, I'd put them on, wear my sunglasses for eye protection and, uh, yeah, <laughs> and it was, it's, it's, it's funny to think about now, because now you, everything just goes right, everything's on your phone, your headphones are connected to your phones, Bluetooth headphones, but back then, so, I, I would, uh, run the headphones up through my shirt, and then just have them around my head, because they were the wraparound kind, that had that little bar going across the back, there was, uh, yeah, dude, it's just uh, it's just nuts to think, and then, you know, Skip would come and check on me, and then we would um, be like, all right, man, this is what I want you to do today, or this this is your this is this week, you know, expect you to be able to cut this, and I, and I would, man, um, and then uh, we would uh, walk in and walk out together, and all right, Bruce's day to lead you out, um. And uh, I was always pretty tired and uh, had had my headphones resting above my ears, you know, making small talk. But most of the time, we were just pretty fucking tired. Get to the beach and we wait for Rags to pick us up or Milo or Chris Christensen. And uh, we were walking out my first week, had my hands in my pocket, didn't have boots, Cousin Dave lent me his boots, and, uh, they were just about a size too big for me, <laughs> and, uh, had my hands in my pocket, head down, stepped right in a fucking muskeg hole, fell right on my face, <gasps> and, like, all I heard was muffled laughs, and I fucking jumped up, and Donnie Taylor was just, <laughs> he had to stop walking, and was just in tears, laughing <laughs> so hard, and uh, he's like, that was perfect, man. That's that's how you end a long day, man. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> and then, like I said, we just make small talk. And then uh, Donnie's like, hey, here you go, man. Um, you need to hold on to this phone. It's, it's in a plastic bag. Oh, shit, okay. He's like, yeah, it's our work cell phone. Nokia. And uh, I was just like, oh, shit. And I would... Uh, we get down to the beach. Sometimes we were, um, actually, I think we we're right above uh, Japan Bay in that neck of the woods. 
and um, or a little bit further ahead, I believe. I think so. But we'd always be on the beach, and they're like, if it is low tide or the rock or whatever, man, I would go sit down and like take my backpack off, and uh, you know, that twenty two thousand three is kind of a fucking hot summer. And uh, I would buy those shirts that had the no sleeves and everything. And um, so we sit there, I'd be like, ah, pull out the phone and uh, call my mom. <laughs> She'd be working over here in Ketchikan. Uh, I think she worked at KSE briefly. And then she worked over at the airport and at a job that I later worked to renting cars. So I just call her, say hi, let her know, hey, mom, just got done with work. What are you doing? Oh, it's at work, but I can't really talk. I said, okay, all right, love you. Just wanted to call and say hi. I did that almost, <laughs> like, you've asked my mom. It was damn near every day, every day of a work day. And um, until she moved home that summer. And then I stopped calling her because I would go, just go and have dinner with her whenever I could at that point. Or she'd come down by me and David and drop dinner off to us and sit with us for a while. And uh, went back to that job. Um, the military was doing that, and then they just didn't know how to, to cut trees down. So they um, contacted my brother and asked for a recommendation on what to do. And he said, "You, this is going to give you a number. The guy's name is Skip McGilton. He's a family member, but you need to contact him and let him put a crew together. And so that's how I ended up getting getting on in 2003. Because um, that road was just a dirt fucking road. So we'd have to we'd get, get a ride over to Hemlock every morning, jump in the work car, drive however far. But there was always military there. So we'd see them working on the side, drilling, and that before they were getting shipped over overseas and whatnot. And um, there was this other time we were driving back, and it was kind of a shitty day, uh, you know, so um, couldn't really fuck around on that because, you know, Milo was pretty strict with the OSHA laws with us, and if it blew over, like, 2025 or whatever, something like that, he was like, you guys got to shut that shit down, just go hang out down Hemlock and wait for us, or you know, X, Y, and Z, okay, so it was fucking picked up, it started raining hard, started it was blowing hard, and then we were driving, and we were coming up, uh, coming up close-ish to the, uh, to our final destination there, and Skip said, oh shit, pull over, man, pull over, the boys are trying to get a fire going, we gotta, you know, we pulled over and there was a few groups of uh, the military and they're like hey 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 mr mcgilton how are you he's like how you boys doing need some help I'm like yeah it's just a little bit difficult trying to get this fire started man we've got no luck with this rain and wind and skip's like oh i got an old indian trick i'm gonna show you and i was like oh for real and uh so a bunch of people like oh man mr mr mcgilton's gonna got an old Indian trick he's going to show us. I'm like, no way. And Donnie had this shit-eating grin on his face. Like he knew what Skip was going to do. I didn't. And then Skip came over with some gasoline. And he's like, go ahead, light it. And Donnie fucking lit it. Boom! Donnie fucking uh, 
And he poured the gasoline on it and fucking stayed going. And Skip's like, oh, white man taught me. <laughs> and then they started laughing. And, and then Skip's like, Donnie, give the boys some gasoline. Keep their fire. He's like, here you go, boys. Share this with the other people. But yeah, here, keep it. Like, oh, thank you so much, Mr. McGillen. <laughs> ah, shit. And uh, my dad was Eagle Watchman at the time. And, uh, you know, he's pretty diligent at his job also. Um, he would check all of the eagle nests, report back, find them, tell them where they were. If they didn't know, then they would go back on their maps and mark them. Because you can't go through, I mean, he would be like, okay, this isn't, it's not an active eagle's nest, but this. So they would have to go back and remark it, and then we couldn't cut through it. So we were never taking down the eagle's nests. And uh, my dad got that job a year before I started working there. So in 02, when I was in my tough times, you know, I'd either eat at Adam's or my dad's 90% of the time or Ira's. One of those three people. Um, you know, and then there's other times I just would be down the dumps and whatever. Um, but I'd go, I was like, oh shit, hey dad, just came down and grabbed a quick bite. He said, oh, here you go, here's some rations. And he had all these rations. I said, holy shit, dad, did you get these in catch can? He said, no. Figured, he's like, I, I bring over, I make a bunch of sandwiches or I bring a bunch of leftovers because my dad was and is notorious for making way too much food for just him and it was him and sissy living together at the time and he would make so much he would bring you know shit in tupperware or whatever and trade with uh military boys and girls over there he said boys and girls because they're a lot younger than him they would be like because i was what 25 going on 26 at the time so they were you know eight years younger than me six years or whatever Oh no, give the kids a little bit different. So I told him, just trade me your rations. Here you go, here's a homemade meal. And then, you know, my dad, being a former Marine, always talked to them, you know, uh, see if they needed, you know, and you guys smoke cigarettes? Yeah, here you go, here's some cigarettes. And just a, you know, a super nice guy to them. So it was so nice that um, they came across that old logging road that goes from Annette Bay. And. There was, um, they were like, we need to find Mr. Booth. We need to find Mr. Booth. And, um, you know, my dad had a radio and he was by the other military. Like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Mr. Booth, they need you back at, uh, you know, not in Camp Iowa, but, you know, we're going to give you a ride back to this spot. And like, okay, I'll, okay. And my boat's here. So, yeah, okay. And. They brought him back, and the military people that were driving over in their bigger vehicles, like, Mr. Booth. And he's like, oh, hey, here you go, let me trade you. He's like, okay, thank you, but you got to, Mr. Booth, we almost hit your chickens. We, we we came to tell you right away that your chickens were on that back road coming back from Camp Iowa. And he's like, what'd you say, son? <laughs> he's like, your chickens, we almost hit your chickens. Did you want to grab them? We, we don't want to, he didn't want to disrespect my dad and kill or accidentally kill my dad's chickens. And my dad's like, what are you talking about? Oh, and they, he's like, and my dad started laughing. He said, those are grouse. They're not my chickens, kid. And he's like, they live. <laughs> and he explained to them what it was. 
And the military kids started laughing. They're like, oh, man, Mr. Booth, we thought they were your chickens. And we're like, don't hit those, man. Those are Mr. Booth. He's super cool to us. And <laughs> oh, it's just awesome. And then um, meeting different, you know, different people. Um, there was a gentleman named Colonel West. And um, they had a shop where they had all kinds of stuff for us or whatever for them chainsaw parts and all this other stuff that they had before we came on board he stopped by us and um like in 05 i think 05 or i think it was 05 because in or 04 05 because my second year uh skip and donnie came up to me at one of our breaks we had a coffee break he's hey man this is their first week back man you're you're way more confident than you were last year you cut way more this is this is this is perfect, man. Um, anyways, Colonel West came up to us and was like, "Hey, you know, I talked to Milo. We got stuff. Go back to Camp Iowa tomorrow and um, take take what you guys need. Take take as much as you want." And we're like, "Okay, we'll go take a look." So we talked to Milo after. He said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Colonel West called. Said, "You guys need to go back there." So. Yeah, um, scratch out the morning for you guys. We're going to drop you off at your regular time. Um, but uh, head back to uh, Camp Waiwa. So we did. And then when we got there, we were, we the, there was, it was, it was a nice setup at the time. It looks like fucking hammered shit now because people are fucking assholes. Um, that shit could have been main, maintained and used for so many different things with tourism. But that's beside the point. We get back to Camp Iowa. There is, you know, where, where the barracks and whatnot. And then uh, we asked, I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, yes, sir. Right over there, sir. So we go over there and they stand at attention when we walk in. And uh, Skip's like, at ease, boys. It's like, we're the we're the Met crew. And um, it's like, we're the, and then Donnie's like, actually, yeah, we're the Met cutting crew. And then they looked at me and I said, yeah, we just, died in your arms tonight and like nobody laughed it's like yeah right whatever and then uh and then like oh mr mcgilton yes colonel west said you guys take whatever you want however much you want and uh skip's like oh we're not gonna take that much son but thank you and so we took a you know we made a bunch of chains got some filters very nice of them it was awesome um then we went back and uh I worked that job from April of 2003 until mm-hmm. June of 2006. And uh, then in 2007, they had this uh, big old opening ceremony of the road being complete. And a bunch of people got blankets bunch of people got honored now they did the right thing in honoring colonel west um that they needed to do that that man did a fucking lot for that road um there was another guy that my brother was in constant contact with but my brother had a lot to do with putting that road together and setting things up but point of this end of the story being is thanking my brother for that stuff that he did for that road and his contributions to the road 
that now a lot of people, including our dad who helped with that road, go and get their firewood. So that is a thank you to my my older brother, Milo. Um, I was going back for the 7th of August in 07. My brother was there. Parker was there. Don, my blah, 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 our family. And uh, I was up top on, on the ferry talking to my cousin Steve. And he threw me the newspaper. He's like, see that, cuz? And I was like, fuck, man. I was like, look at this, man. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe they these people kind of help. Maybe, quote, unquote, you know. Um, it's like, hey, man, I help out with the movie industry. What do you do? Oh, I don't stream movies illegally. I rent them. Yeah, okay, whatever. And I was like, look at this, man. They don't, there's not one. They didn't fucking thank us one fucking time. And Steve kind of laughs. Like, I knew you'd be mad. And I said, no, I'm not looking for, like, getting a blanket like these rat fucks here. But, fuck, dude, I fucking literally gave my blood, my sweat, and my tears to that fucking job in spring of 03, back in spring of 04, spring of 05, all the way up until 06. It's four, four different times. And then he said, you know, at the end, they were like, oh, you know, we also like to give thanks to uh, Skip McGilton and crew. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, Carlene came over and did the podcast with me for the Guardians 3 review. And I kind of had a picture of the of the road and where it was cut and it was in a casing. And she's like, oh, fuck, that's really cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, you've seen it before when we were dating. But, you know, I got that for cutting the road. And she said, oh, that's nice. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. And I thought it was, I'd actually know my brother commissioned a bunch of pieces and um, from Dustin Booth as a thank you to me, Skip and Donnie. Did not come from the town. Came out of my brother's own pocket. And, uh, you know, in you talk to my sisters, I'm always like, Sissy always come and pick me up. Oma or when Ahu lived over there, we'd be driving back and I'd be like, oh man, right here, right here, X, Y, and Z happened. Oh man, hey, there we had a camp set up here. Oh man, Skip had me cutting right here. Oh, Jet Man, right here, this happened. Oh man, found a bunch of you wood there. <laughs> and uh, we got paid $18 an hour for one of the most dangerous jobs that you could do. And, uh, you know, for my boss slash uncle slash friend, which I consider him, all Skip got was, oh, yeah, and thanks to Skip McGilton and his crew. That's what, it's like, fuck you guys, man. You give all these motherfuckers blankets, give them this, give them that. Like I said, Colonel West was well fucking deserved. And uh, fit the other engineer, like the main engineer, uh, his name was Pat something. That guy fucking, they fucking deserved that shit. Not saying me and Skip and Donnie needed fucking native blankets made or fucking. But to only fucking like, oh yeah. And thanks to Skip McGilton and crew. <laughs> really? All right, man. Um. I had documented pictures and I just lost them over the years. Um, 2003, when I was coming over here, I started buying uh, disposable cameras. Wish I didn't lose them, but I did. Um, 
So now it's just memories that I have with uh, two of my friends. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, have a good start of your week. Later.